everybody, and welcome to what we like to call Hotline Monday, or Monday, I guess is how you should say it. Uh, I'm yeah. Scott Johnson, Justin Robert Young, dancing his little feet off over there. What's going on? My feet have uh, come clean off my body. Yeah. Because I've been dancing so hard. Ah, it's uh, easy to do this time of year. We got uh, a very festive week ahead of us here with the Christmas and the whatnot. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great, right? It's, it's beginning be to feel a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Everywhere you go, or just some some of the places you go. Man, we did a thing on Jury today yep. where we looked up uh, the original lyrics to "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Oh yeah, is it is it better or worse than "It's Cold Outside"? Just come in here and let me let's have sex. But no, I Dude, won't leave. But no, you should this. say. All right. So the original is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." May your heart be light. Right. Yeah. Uh, from now on, your problems will be out of sight. Yeah. Dig this. This is the original lyrics. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. <laughs> Next year, we may all be living in the past. What? Shut up. That's real. For real. Those are the real original lyrics. Those are the original lyrics. Judy Garland apparently made them change them for <laughs> the movie that she sang them in. And then uh, there, there was also another line at the very end. That was in, uh, until then. We'll have to muddle through somehow. Oh my gosh! Uh, and and Frank Sinatra in 1957 yeah. told the author to give him a new lyric because, hey baby, the name <laughs> of my album is a Jolly Christmas. You think you could jolly up that line for me? Hey baby, <laughs> hey so, baby, so, the chairman <laughs> needs a jollier line. So all right, so wow, that changes everything about that song for me. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, it was it was a really uh, dark sad boy song yeah i'm not getting any i'm not getting any joy out of it uh in your rendition of it but that's fine that's like a lot of you know uh stories kids used to get told or you know fairy tales they used to be like ah hack off his head and eat his face and let's all die and burn the place and then later it's like oh he's a little goose and he has a golden egg and everyone's happy and let's go to bed like that yeah I think I've done a fine job of explaining myself. Hey, everybody, welcome to Hotline Monday. It is the uh, the nineteenth. That means we are real close to the uh, the Christmas holiday, and it's uh, another edition of this show in the shadow, in the long, harsh, uh, Tatooine sun drenched shadow of yeah. Star Wars. Or, excuse me, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Everyone wants to call it Star Wars Rogue One. It's not how it works, folks. Back it up. No. Back up that truck. This isn't one of those. There is no scrawl, scroll uh, of text, yellow text telling you what's going on in the Empire. None of that. This is a straight up new kind of thing, but in a place we all are familiar with. So, we saw Star Wars Rogue One. The following episode is going to be very spoilery. I've already warned you pre-show, I'm warning you now. Get the H out if you don't want to hear this. If you haven't seen it yet, most yeah. of you probably have. All right, all that said, here's the big shocker. I came out of it loving it. You came out of it not loving it. Mm, whatever but the opposite of ba da ba 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 <laughs> is, is how I felt about that movie. All right, so it was so bipolar. I mean, it's not, we, we will occasionally disagree on, more than occasionally, we'll disagree about movies or at least have sure. a, a different nuanced take or whatever. I was surprised just how polar we were on this well let me just say this because uh, a lot of the last few weeks have uh, been us going our separate ways on westworld yeah. right mm -hmm. but westworld i feel like is an amazing premise with by and large great actors with a tremendous amount of freedom that is frustratingly written and frustratingly plotted right i think Rogue One is a film that is both boring and dumb. <laughs> and I don't like it. No, so, wait a minute, wait a minute. Boring and dumb? Yes. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it is I think it is a badly written movie. Mm. I think it is a very poorly plotted movie. I think it is a movie that is insulting to me as a fan. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I, I left despising it. Wow. No, I didn't even know it went. I didn't know it cut that deep. I thought you were just sort of like, oh, it was all right. It's, it's not the greatest thing ever. I now, mean, listen. Now, yeah. let me say this. I understand that these are all subjective art forms. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I will do my best to not only enumerate why I feel these ways, mm-hmm. but also keep an open mind and an open heart for everybody. All right. Uh, including uh, everybody in the chat room right now, for which the comments are almost universally, nope, 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 <laughs> wrong, 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 and jury is out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to it's easy to rile up the Star Wars fan base when they really believe strongly in something and somebody comes out contrary to it. I'm not going to do that to you today. I would like very much actually to get the the entire skinny on what you did or didn't like or why it worked or didn't work. Um, yeah. This and, and my glowing review of it, and me saying I, and I believe my Twitter quote was "love, love, love, love Rogue One." Uh, yeah. There are a couple of things that I kind of wish were a little bit different, but for the most part, um, yeah. All right, so let's start. Let us. Let's. And by actually, the way, my yeah. tweet walking out of the theater was "Rogue Y." <laughs> you did say it was the best prequel. Is what you said? Oh yeah. Uh, listen, believe you. I wanted nothing more than to put a prequel over Rogue One. But even in 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 the depths of my criticism of that film, I could not in my heart say that it was a uh, uh, not that it was that it was not better than the, the than the prequel. Yeah. But that is more to do with how much I hate the prequels. Yeah, the prequels are are hot garbage, and I think we all agree on that. So for the most part. So here's the thing. Uh, I'll tell you my positive take and I won't get into details, but I want it. Let's just do our generals and then we can get into plot and character and story and pace and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff we, we, we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, why I walked out liking it. Here's okay. my, here's my universal answer to that when I've been asked that so far and I'll, I'll say it again here cause I still believe it. I remember when I was a seven year old kid seeing star Wars th- for the first time and what stuck with me um, was that I was seeing something that felt completely new, different, and had a kind of energy like nothing I'd seen on a screen before. And so everything I saw was new and crazy and weird and different. But I also understood what the fight was about and who was in charge and why these guys were bad and why these guys were good. And, and all that stuff was very plain to me. But also I'm seeing holographic chess and really weird creatures in a bar that look like a hammerhead shark and that guy looks like a devil and I don't know why he cut his arm off, but he didn't like him either. Like all that yeah. stuff. But I just knew I was seeing something special, both in special effects, practical effects, set scenery, uh, planets, the, the way these ships were designed, how crusty and dirty they were. Like all of that stuff added up to be like stuff I'd never seen before. Now, let's jump all the way ahead to um to episode seven last year i yeah. liked episode seven a lot in fact i'm going to put these just right about where each other is i may give the edge to rogue one for a, a reason i'll explain in a minute but okay. that movie was not necessarily a known quantity but we knew what we were going to do it was hey yo we've got these three iconic movies from 1977 up through whatever and we need to Continue the Skywalker story. The saga must continue. So I knew in in lots of broad strokes what that meant and where we were going to generally go. And I knew I'd see some cool stuff, but I but I also knew I'd see Chewbacca again, a thing that blew my mind when I was seven, but now I just a guy in a suit. Like I knew I'd yeah. see these things, the, the 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 usual suspects, the usual locations that would all kind of come back to me. And it did, and I loved it for that. This movie turned around and brought me back some of the stuff I had when I was seven, which is stuff I don't think I expected, things I've never seen before. Um, it surprised me visually a lot, and that's what I think I like the most about it. All of the Star Wars movies, in my opinion, the prequels even, even though they're way worse at this, but all of them from four through through six and now seven on up, they all suffer from one of the kind of one central suffering. And that is yeah. that they're telling a very basic story in lots of ways. And, 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 and a repetitive one. And a very repetitive one. And I'm totally cool with it. I'm not saying that's a problem for these movies for me. All I'm saying is those aren't the reasons I get wowed. I get wowed by the larger themes at play, the world building. Yeah. Um, I like uh, so many things about this movie that it, it's not just showing me somebody who's a Jedi or about to become one. It's not showing me 15 lightsaber duels. In fact, it showed me no lightsaber duels, it turns out. Um, yep. It only showed me one lightsaber in the hands of Vader himself. And um, they, they while they paid all kinds of fan service to me, like tons of fan service, which we can talk about for good or ill, um, 
it also showed me a bunch of stuff I'd never thought of or seen before in a Star Wars movie. Mostly that these are just a bunch of scrubs, mechanics and pilots and weirdos who are, you know, all haphazardly working towards some goal and a goal that will end up taking them all. They're all going to die. That's all very different for Star Wars. Like none of this fits the usual template, but it still feels like a Star Wars movie. It's still got the sweeping music, the incredible visuals and the great fights and stormtroopers everywhere. And this movie, boy, if they aren't trying to make as much money possible on how many Stormtrooper design toys they can make now, I would be shocked. Um, but that's why I walked out loving it. I really liked it. It made my daughter cry. <laughs> she was so into it. Yeah. Um, why did you walk out with the exact opposite of that? Well, I think you're you're dead on when you say that as much as... And I, man, nothing made me appreciate everything I love about Episode Seven, like watching Rogue One. Uh, the big central problem that I think that you have in the, in the Canon films is that they have to be centered around Skywalker, right? Right. They have to be centered around that whole conflict. And I was so excited that now that we could get these extended universe stories that we could finally just throw off the yoke. Of, of, of the original trilogy. Let's just understand it's a big universe with a lot of complicated things. Oh, it's gritty. It's a war movie. Oh, we can maybe tell like a, 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 a dirty dozen against all odds kind of story. We can tell a behind enemy lines kind of story. We can tell a double agent. So in fact, that original trailer is all about, oh, but if you keep going, you know, will you will you eventually turn? Will, will the, the complexities, the fog of war uh, uh, instead change your mind? So you're right. It's frustrating. When all of a sudden at the beginning, we have to realize that, oh, no, we're getting another story about an orphan whose father is with the dark side. Oh, no, we, we have a, another story that's going to end with a big space battle where eventually a fish person's going to yell something like <laughs> It's it's uh, like, oh, no, we're going to get another story where all the levity is going to have to come from the robot. And not only is it going to have all those, but I don't know who any of these people are. And and the movie never really gives me a rat's ass to care about him. Uh, you know, all the most interesting stuff that we find out about Jin is in these side conversations with Forrest Whitaker where he where. Like, all right, so number one, the movie starts off, we go to 10 planets in five minutes where nothing interesting happens on any of them. We're just going from planet to planet to planet to planet to planet and jumping times. Uh, and and uh, we're like, okay, cool. So we've gone to 11 planets. Then finally, we get to uh, uh, the, the the place where, I mean, apparently Forrest Whitaker's ISIS, I guess. Like, he's this <laughs> super uh, extreme version of the rebellion. We don't really know what the rebellion is. Is the rebellion a a governmental uh, uh, thing that they are now trying to just oppose the overwhelming control of the empire. They've obviously formed their own little military thing, but we don't really get a sense, but it's early in the movie. That's fine. All we know is that Forrest Whitaker is ISIS. Okay. <laughs> and now we need Jin to bridge the gap with the Taliban uh, okay. uh, because they need information about what this, you know, that, that they're, they don't know what the empire is working on, but God damn it. It's gotta be something big. Right. And, and, and Forrest Whitaker tells Jin, yeah. Well, first he's like, what the hell, dude? As he's doing nitrous, apparently, in his spacesuit. Uh, he's uh, just like, like, man, you left me. I was 16. You raised me until I was 16. And then because other people were, were starting to understand who I was, you abandoned me. And now, apparently, it's 10 years later. All of that is more interesting than anything we saw in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> All of it is so much more interesting than just hopping from planet to planet and having a bunch of pointless meetings, which literally was the thing we criticized the prequels for. Right. Like that was that was the exact thing that we criticized the prequels for. And yet for here, apparently nobody's no nobody thinks that those are valid criticisms anymore. I don't know if those were I mean, they weren't my criticisms of that movie, but I understand that they were many people's criticisms. So I'll give you that one, I suppose. Um uh, and then, you know, so we then meet all the other a, a band of 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 rebels, yeah, right? Yeah. That that are going to uh, uh, create our cadre, and and at every point, I just kind of felt like, okay, well, I mean, we kind of know the dad's either going to die or play a part in the final things, but but he's probably going to die, so they have that 
whole thing. And, and, uh, uh, Garcia Bernal is up in the trees, like, cause just waiting apparently for homeboy to take a, a mood light stroll outside. Like they're not trying to infiltrate inside to, to, to cap them or, you know, give them an exploding cigar. Like the CIA tried to do to Fidel Castro. Like there's kind of waiting. Thank God that the hero of this movie, director Krennic, who is given the only like uh-huh. conflict that has any kind of human resonance, which is effectively an episode of the office of, 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 of CGI grand Moff Tarkin, uh, uh, you know, rolling in and saying, Hey, I know that you've done a lot of work, but now it's time for old Moffy to, uh, to, to take credit for it. And he's yeah. like, what you're going to go to the emperor with all of my hard work. Let me go to the HR director, Darth Vader, to mediate this this inner office conflict of who gets credit. Yeah, he's Darth Vader's the Toby in this uh, scenario. So um, that's, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I, I get I get where you're coming from. Totally, I just can't we do this to every movie though? Can I take every movie no. and break it down into these components? No, no, you can't because normally there is an element of either we care about the character, like here Westworld. All anybody, any regular listeners to this show have heard me bitch about Westworld, yeah, right? Yeah. And a lot of people brought that up when, when I was bitching about this on Twitter. Yeah. Westworld, I, I'll watch the second season of Westworld. Of course you will. Because I, I do know that there are really cool ideas. There's There, there are things that, like, in, in, in the moment when we're doing a weekly breakdown show of popular culture, I can point out things that bothered me or didn't bother me. But I can enjoy a larger thing. And listen, you know, as far as evenings at the theater go, like, like one wasn't the worst thing on the planet, right? Like, I didn't want to, I didn't stomp out of the theater. I was just disappointed that that it wasn't the extended universe story. And, and by that, I don't mean a, a translation of an extended universe story, but an original yeah. extended, an official extended universe type of story that, made me care about the characters. I, I just, I, at the point that they all die at the end, I was just like, I mean, cool. And then we wait, we wait until there's literally no narrative tension in the movie. We wait until it's physically impossible for our main characters who we care about the most to come into contact with Darth Vader for Darth Vader to wreck shit. And it's like, <laughs> Okay, all right, cool. all right, all right. Okay, but here, so, all right, my daughter, who cried in the movie, cried when when the robot died. And yeah. and, and and so I, if I'm agreeing at all, it's that the best, most thoroughly uh, exposed, explored character was probably him. Um, yeah, and, and, which and, is a problem, because he's a one-note levity bot. I agree, I agree. Now, there that is maybe one of the problems with it, but I'm going to say, I don't know that it's ever not been a problem for Star Wars. The only the times that they try to get too into who these characters are, they kind of blow with Anakin and others. Like, I kind of like, sometimes I just like a straight-up archetype. It's like, you know, Luke is this go-lucky-happy go kid who just wants to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters, but he's going to get roped into this intergalactic nightmare and some old man living in a cave is going to get him to do it. But we don't have any really backstory at that point. We don't really know what was going on with these guys. We wouldn't know a lot of that until subsequent films. So I, I'm just, and, and now we're not, I, I grant you, we're not going to know anything about these people from this movie outside of, uh, 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 Forrest Whitaker's character who is in some other extended universe stuff, like two of the cartoons. But again, I don't think the movie should rely on that. So I'm not arguing for that, but, but, you know, we needed more time to know why we would care about Luke. And I never Absolutely really cared not. about Luke. Absolutely not. But you want to know why? Why? Because we're both a fan of Westerns. And Westerns don't need to spend a lot of time to define their archetypes. You just have that one scene, right? Yep. All you need is one scene in Moss Eisley to know who that man who is staring over your shoulder right now, <laughs> Han Solo, to know exactly who he is. He owes money yeah. to, to get away from it. He is literally, if if Luke Skywalker and and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi don't run into him at that bar, he's just going to spend the rest of his life running away from the debt. Maybe he'll fall into money and he'll have to pay Jabba to get off his case. But if he does, it doesn't matter. He's just going to get back into this kind of trouble. So there, we know who he is in a scene. Yeah, we and do. In, in one scene. Like I'm not saying that you got to, it doesn't have to be a 
four-hour miniseries delving into to every little inch of their character. I mean, what was Jin doing in the in the meantime? Why did she get arrested? Well, okay. How much do you think the refil- the reshoots, which have been much bully who talked about, how much do you think the reshoots had to do with our inability to get all this backstory character stuff? In other words, do you oh, think, think there was more I of that before? There's, 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 there's very, very, very good evidence that this is a movie that was pretty hacked together, mm. right? Like, mm. you know, from uh, Pete Serretta of Slash Film, who had a far rosier opinion of this movie than I did, so, so yeah. I don't think I'm just citing negative sources, but he did a fantastic job breaking down footage that we had previously seen pre-reshoots uh, to, to kind of suss out things that the movie was about that in the finished product it is not right and one of the things is uh that apparently there's credible evidence that they live at the end uh there's very credible evidence that Jin is a far more morally ambiguous character that that there is this thought that maybe she is in contact with her father and maybe she is working with with the empire right like oh, that there there are these elements that were changed for whatever reason. And I'm not saying it was a good movie before and it's a bad movie now. It was probably a bad movie before and now it's a bad movie now. But like, <laughs> uh, I think that there is evidence that that there are there was a lot changed. That when they said there was hefty reshoots, it wasn't just like what Marvel does where it's like, yeah, you want to know what? Let's patch up this one little plot line and let's add some more laugh out loud kind of moments. Like it wasn't those kind of reshoots. It wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy reshoots. Well, there was, was a there was an awful lot of um uh, stuff in the trailers that was not in the film. And also over at slashfilm.com you can see a really great sort of uh look at that, like a very in-depth look at all the scenes that were there and how much of it moved to the movie and almost none of the lines from the trailers were in the movie. Uh, yeah. some of the entire scenes were not in the movie. There were scenes where she's running around with a hard drive she got off that uh, archive thing uh yeah. out in the field while they're fighting and that never happened. There's um, there's the, the 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 tie fighter coming up in front of her, which which you would assume is is them trying to get away, right? From lots from of that planet. stuff. Yeah, there, no question. All that stuff cut. I mean, that's what that like gave me a little pause. I went, wow, there was like none of the trailers in here. I rebel. I'm a rebel. Are we rebels? I rebel, or whatever that line is. That wasn't in there. That seemed like iconic in the trailers. So clearly, a bunch of changes happen. But I still, knowing that and having seen what I saw and agreeing on, you know, the idea that there's a lot of these characters just weren't very fleshed out. I got their one notes pretty well and I was really cool with the blind guy and I was totally cool with his protector dude who I'm pretty sure is like an ancient clone trooper because uh, he looks like he's from New Zealand and has like <laughs> half or half his armor's like old clone trooper armor. And I just think that's kind of badass. And the only character... No, the only They're character I didn't cool. really like was like the main, uh, the played by the Spanish guy who was in all those uh, oh, those other movies that I can't think of. But uh, whatever, the main guy that she uh, died G- with G- on the Gail beach. Garcia Bernal. That guy, I like him as an actor. I think he's super interesting. In this thing, he looks like he weighs about fourteen pounds and is not the rogue type that I would hire to do any mercenary work if I was the rebellion. Um, honestly, it's one of my only problems with the movie. I don't mind CGI Grand Moff Tarkin. He's dead. I know it. What are you going to do? Bring him back as a freaking cartoon. Awesome. No problem. Uh, if, it, if it were me, it would be write a story that doesn't involve Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I guess, well, I mean, but that's impossible for this film because you want to know what? Everything that I described before is why I thought it was both boring and dumb. You want to hear what I think was insulting? What? The family guy insistence of every five seconds panning left to show us a thing from the previous movie, <laughs> whether it's at the very beginning with the blue milk. Hey, by the way, uh, um, uh, do yourself a favor and go ask, uh, and listen, I'm glad your daughter uh, uh, cried yeah. uh, during the movie because your daughter has a mother that if you were getting arrested, wouldn't send her <laughs> off to a hobbit hole and then come in guns blazing like it's, uh, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, it was a little right? bit of, it was an odd reaction. I, I'll Maybe give you, you hide in the hobbit hole with your one surviving child instead of pulling the heat and taking random shots at 19 stormtroopers. But to me, listen, if I was watching episode four, I could name almost. Oh, sorry, could, it's it's. Uh, I'm racist, by the way. It's Diego Luna, not Gail Garcia. It's Bernard. fine. It's fine. But if I walked into, if I walk into, if I watch episode four, I could tell you 
a ton of those same kind of things that I have a problem with with episode four. Why episode four worked for me and why this worked for me, I think, is because the scene with the farm and where she sends the girl off to go hide and she comes out guns blazing, I'm looking at it going, dude, look at this farm. What is this planet? Check out these rock formations. Mads Mickelson is a badass. Like everything about what I'm seeing is just seeping into my blood. And what they're saying, not so much, maybe. Maybe not so much. Maybe that stuff's just sort of, ah, whatever. Here's a plot point. Okay, I get it. It's not like that's what I'm going for. What I'm going for is this like minutia, like this. this like, man, ugh. that looks a lot like Uncle Owen and Amparoo's place. <laughs> oh my God, it looks so much like it. They also have blue milk. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, that was from that scene. Oh, my God. That's crazy. What a new and original concept. Oh, wait, hold on. We're walking through this random place. Uh, uh, oh, my God. It's the two assholes from the Moss Eisley Cantina. I, I, I guess these two ne'er-do-wells are going to get on the next bullet train to the, uh, the, the, the butthole of the galaxy because apparently this movie happens five minutes before episode four based on the ending. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, is that, wait, hold on. Is that R2-D2 and C-3PO for two seconds? Man, this is crazy. What about the dancing girl from Jabba's Palace? Apparently she's a Jenna Jameson level celebrity that everybody's <laughs> got to be watching their hollow porn about. <laughs> All right. I'm not, I, these are hard points to dispute. I, I agree that, that, I mean, fans, okay. The, here's my other complaint. I said I had two complaints. My other complaint is, the fan service on display is pretty gross. Like it's kind of out. It's way overcharged and way more than episode seven had, which yes. surprised me. I mean, while while seven seven tended to lift things from the other movies that were more broad, this lifted lots of little details. There's Grand Moff Tarkin. There's CGI Leia. There's uh, uh, the, the two dudes from the bar, like you said. Also down the street in this weird part of town, there's that one long nosed. Uh, turncoat alien that uh, told the sand troopers where the droids were in the first movie. Like there's a lot of those little nods and winks and whatever. And when you see Vader's oh, Vader, he has the coolest place to live though. He lives on like Vader Hill with like a water or a lava freaking pit thing pouring. And he sits in Get like it? a stasis tamer. He got maimed in lava. <laughs> Get it? You know, it's the same planet. They confirmed it's the same planet he got maimed on. Well, he's messed up, dude. Like in it, some it, ways, it, it, it's 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 Mustafar from right, the prequels. Right. And I'm and I'm I was. Hey, cool. guess what, Obi Wan? <laughs> I have the high ground now, huh? I have the high ground now. I'm on the I'm on the mountaintop. <laughs> Look at me. Hey, by the way, Vader hanging out in his little bucket of stuff, and then he has to go do the little office politics with Credit, and Credit's like, "Why don't I get credit?" And Vader's like, "I don't know, man. I'll go tell the Emperor." And he's like, "Really?" And Vader's walking away. Do you think he choked him by like <laughs> having like his hand? Like at his like between his nipples, or did he do it between his legs? <laughs> which, which way do you think he choked him? And then, do you think he was proud of the pun? Has Vader been thinking of puns in his uh, in his in his in his in his tube? Yeah, his 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 stasis uh, urine tube or whatever that was. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, it. <laughs> this is why this is fun because it, part of this is me. It's like giant rocks of 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 happy innocence are getting chipped away when you, when you bring these things up. Yes. That stuff's trite. Yes. It's a little goofy. It's like, Oh, Jimmy Smith's walks into the room. Prequel connection. He's Leia's dad. He's from the prequels. And he also flies the ship that they get boarded and then they catch Leia on. And then, you know, like all that stuff's really up in your face. Uh, reusing the fish people, as you call them, the like Mon Calamari is pretty, Pretty, you know, obviously. Well, I mean, listen, like, all right. So, so let me just say this. I don't care. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm excited. That's why I'm going to a Star Wars movie. That's why I bought when it was the only ticket to get on on a school night, effectively for me when I have to do stuff in the morning. Yeah. Uh, to buy an 11:30 ticket at at the my favorite theater to leave Oakland to go down, make it a, a thing. Ashley went down with me. We made a whole like night of it. Uh, uh, I was so, so, so pumped to see this movie. Well, if you wonder if you've never watched his show before, because now that we're on Twitch and apparently we're doing pretty well because we've gone up like 30 viewers since we started. <laughs> like, uh, this is this is a movie that I was so excited for. I wanted it desperately to be better than episode seven, which I liked quite a bit, but I, I just wanted original. I wanted new. I wanted 
like like just flex the muscle of what Star Wars the universe can be. It is every story ever. I mean, like that's when people are like, oh, it's a superhero story. It's a, it's a Star Wars story. No, 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 no. Those stories can be whatever. You can tell a, a rom-com inside these universes. You can tell Schindler's List inside these universes. You can do whatever you want. And, and I thought the movie did not deliver on that for me. However, here's the best part about this show is I just went on, Scott went on, <laughs> we gave our opinion. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. You want to call in? Yep. Get some. Here's one right here. Uh, the problem is, is this may hang up on you because it's doing that dumb thing, but I'll add you right back. Uh, let me see how this goes. Hi, you're on the air. How's it going? Oh, it's going excellent. Good. Uh, Don't go anywhere yet. i got to add Justin back to this call. So hold on, hold on. Something's being weird with Skype. Nope. Okay. Now we're adding it back in. As soon as he answers, I want to hear your question, your hot, hot question. So that Justin can be here to okay. refute uh, whatever it is we're going to tell him. All right, here he comes. All right, uh, sorry. Who's your? What's your name? Uh, this is Daniel from Washington. Daniel, it's good to have you, man. What's your uh, What's your take? What's uh, going the, on? the state or the district? Oh, the the state. The oh. Same as Daryl. Oh, okay. Same as Daryl. <laughs> I like the way he said that. <laughs> same as Daryl. All right, give us uh, give us your take, man. What do you did you see the movie and what'd you think? Okay, I saw the movie. Um, my hot take is I loved it. That's not the important hot take, though. Okay. Uh, I think the important hot take is my girlfriend's hot take. And uh, we were, uh, yesterday was our one-year anniversary of dating. And for our very first date ever that I took her on, we went and saw The Force Awakens. Yeah. It was whimsical. It was fun. Got to hold mm -hmm. her hand. It was great. And so, like the hopeless romantic that I was, I decided uh, we should go see the next Star Wars movie for our one-year anniversary. It would be great. <clears throat> and uh, we went, and about, uh, yeah, by the end of the movie, she was just, you know, bawling her eyes out, just visibly distraught. <laughs> and I realized I probably just took her to a movie that was about as whimsical and fun as The Departed. Oh, good point, because everyone, everyone buys it. Yeah, everybody buys it in the end. Yeah, so, every single main character dies. But she liked it. Right, like she liked it. It just was a little more of a downer. Like whereas Ray and everybody, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure she liked it. I I think she probably would have liked it more if it had had like a happy Disney ending. Yeah, but you liked uh, it. You know, like but that. you liked it. You thought it was good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she there you she go, Justin. It. First first call in. They liked it. I I think she was crying because of all the poor characterization. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was it. I mean, look. I think maybe. I don't know. We don't know. We, we, the, we, we hung up on the caller, so we'll never know. We'll but never we can know. all just assume. Uh, well, it hung up on itself. I don't know what happened there. Um, so when, okay. So we'll we'll keep taking your calls, everybody. We've had a bunch coming in that we haven't been able to take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 801-895-4724. I've been plugging this all weekend, so we better get a ton of calls today. Yeah. And there are a lot of you out there who listen, who have sat, who have said, I can't wait to call in and give jury a piece of my mind or, oh, yeah. or oh, agree no. with you I'm or whatever. Come get some. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> clearly though, I mean, okay. So your response on Twitter has primarily been, people who can't why won't this let me add callers this thing's busted skype you piece of garbage you uh, i can't do this okay hold on we're gonna pause okay we're back and everything's fine and we have audio again we're gonna start taking your calls let's try this one hi you're on the air who's this hey it's i am sci-fi hey man oh, i was hoping we'd hear from you you've always got good uh -oh. opinions on this stuff uh oh i know Yep, <laughs> yep. Was right. and I am ready to give Justin a piece of my mind. I'm going to need it back later because I, I kind of use that. All right, go. What do you got? Go, go. Okay, so I freaking loved it. Um, I, I, I actually like this better than The Force Awakens in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what, what is fascinating to me about Rogue One is that it is a, it is a complete story. You know, like, n n none of the prequels managed to do that. They were all trying to fill in gaps uh, that George Lucas overdid through a three-movie period, but there was never really a complete story. Like, it's like, okay, we move off here, and, uh, oh, got to watch the next one, got to find out what's going to happen next, got to find out what happens next. This is a complete Star Wars story 
for quite possibly the first time in movie form. That's what's so freaking awesome about it for me. <laughs> All right. So, Justin, what do you take? How do you take yeah, that? No, no, idea? absolutely right. It is. It has a, a beginning and a middle and an end. We, we know that there is an end because of how many of the main characters die. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would not argue that it is not a complete movie. <laughs> I would argue that it is a complete piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. All right, take another call. He's coming in fast and wild. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, what's happening? This is Darth Marcus. Hey, man. What's going on, Darth Marcus? Not much. It's cold. Listen, dude, where you and I live here in Salt Lake City is too freaking cold. I just need a big agreement from you on that. True, right? Yes, it's cold as Well, I can't say it, but it's cold as You can say shit. You can totally say shit. It's totally fine. Anyway, it's good to hear from you, man. It's been a while. What's uh, what's your big take on all this? Because listen, your name—you go by the name Darth Marcus. You cosplay yeah. as like Vader and Sith lords all the time. You have to have an opinion on this thing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I found myself choking up multiple times. Um, I I seriously miss John uh, Williams and the crawl, but I think part of us just have to let go, you know, or evolve or allow it to change. Sure. Um, I saw it as a, a gap, or a, sorry, a bridge to uh, let multiple generations enjoy it, despite what era they picked up on first. Um, I watched episode four again right when I got home, and I I loved it. I thought everything had more impact. Uh, the end scene on Yavin four, where the entire rebellion's there, honoring you know Han and Luke get a get a medal, but they're also thinking about all the people that died to get to that point. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was so sad that everybody died, um, but it was awesome. Me and my missus totally enjoyed it. All right, there you go. A true Star Wars fan, if there ever was one. Uh, that doesn't sway at all there, Justin? No, I mean, number one, like I, 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 my goal <laughs> is not to ruin. Uh, the worst I've felt about doing this show yeah. was when you were telling me watching Westworld was affected by my criticism that like you, you, you found yourself pausing your enjoyment to wonder whether or not I would like or not like something. So this is not about me saying, no, you need to be swayed. If anything, I'm having a tremendous amount of fun playing the counterbalance (laughs) on, on this. Uh, All all I'll say is that, listen, if you dug the movie, then you dug the movie and that's great because like we, life is rough and this has been a rough year. Like, you know, if, if you are out there having a great time, then, then that is awesome. But if you want to be out here in these streets saying that this is like a better movie than any of the original trilogy, let alone episode seven, like I, I'm, I'm just not going to in good conscience and in good friendship to all of you be able to look like a fool in public like that. I'm going to have to tell you <laughs> that your fly is down. All right. So far, so, so far, nothing but agreement with my end of the deal. Let's see what we got here with this caller. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Rishi B from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, man, what's up? What's up? Hi. Hey, Scott. Hey, Justin. Hey. Um, hey, so, you know, I had a lot of the same thoughts that Justin did, but I came away with the movie the way that uh, you did, Scott. And I'm wondering if maybe part of it, and, and my, big t- my big negative with Rogue One was that, I mean, there was basically no character development from... Uh, for many of the side characters, I think it was okay with Jin Erso and uh, Diego Luna's character, but uh, I had like no reason to, I had no reason to cry about it. exactly what you were saying, Justin, that all of the side characters died. But I'm wondering how much of it is that I'm just willing to forgive uh, Star Wars just be, just for the sake that it's a new movie. And <laughs> you're actually making me question my own love uh for the movie i think this uh, is I'm a like, fair did I, did I really love it i think this is a really fair question like this is something i ask myself whenever i see something that i fanboy all over i i had to ask myself this question when i watched mad max fury road and thought it was the best movie of the last 10 years which i still think is and you know how much of that is me just being glad mad max exists again in a way that i can consume it oh my gosh siri turn off um but, uh, you know, like that's a, this is a really, really good question, I think. So Justin, uh, let's address it. What do you, what do you think about this idea that, that those who maybe love it are just so happy to be in this stream of like, we're getting one every year and it doesn't matter. It's all star Wars all the time. This is I mean, great. This, this is, don't this bite is the hand, you know, my, this is one of my tremendous 
worries slash uh, uh, just the a place where I tend to butt heads with some of our online nerd fan culture community. Yeah, because I think, and I even saw it in the chat room that the idea of like, oh, well, you didn't like this. Maybe you either don't like Star Wars or what if we had no Star Wars at all is a frustrating argument for me. Yeah, I don't like it either, actually. Because the idea that we shouldn't, no, we should criticize. Like, we, us criticizing and, and being upset with and being less uh, excited to go to superhero movies eventually got us far better superhero movies. And, and they got, and us being upset with the prequels got us Disney taking over Lucasfilm, which yeah. uh, at this point for me, it's it's one and one with a very exciting episode eight with a very exciting director uh, writer attached to it uh, that that is yet to come. I, I think we we need to be critical about the elements of our community that are not as good as they could be because we can then get great stuff. But do you and think that's what I want? I'm here for the I'm here for the great stuff that has us talking in another 30, 40 years about it in the same way the Star Wars does in the same way that these Marvel movies are going to be a part of our cultural fabric in movie making going forward. I believe because no one's had success like this, yeah. you know? Well, do you, do you think so? But is your, is your um, assessment of this that everybody's blinding themselves to what it really is because of that? Like so many people no, no, are no. really I mean, into I, it. To be honest, I, I think a lot of people uh, 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 have enjoyed it for all the reasons that you said. That that they're listen. Uh, it's a beautifully shot movie. I yeah. mean, there's really, really no uh, arguing that. I don't think it's a it's a poorly acted movie. I think everybody credibly kind of brings what they need to the table. I think that it has an evocative feeling. It feels like Star Wars. Uh, uh, it has a lot of that iconography. And I will say that the third act to me is is very well paced. That yeah. that you know that you're constantly kind of swinging from from point A to point B, uh, uh, it, it doesn't really have a ton of fat on it. If anything, what I, what I kind of leaving the theater was like, man, wouldn't it have been great if they tried to do that at the end of the first act. And, and the majority <laughs> of the movie was them behind enemy lines, trying to, you know, scrounge and survive and, and run a kind of guerrilla war campaign to do this. And, and it, it goes from, Hey, here's a, a thing we're going to do. Uh, and we're going to come in and out and we're just going to get this piece of information to now we all have to look to our left and to our right and say, who's willing to die today <laughs> to, to move this thing forward. Yeah. Um, that to me was the war film that I think I kind of wanted, but at the end, you're right for everybody's like, Hey, it took balls for a Disney movie to kill all their characters. Although I would say, well, obviously they're not in the next movie. So <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't kind of matter if they die or not, but that's fine. You're right. They, they they made you care. The point of the movie was to care about these characters for an hour and a half, and then they all died, and that is something that that does take brass buttons from the mouse house to do. Mm -hmm. Cool. Like I'm 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 cool with everybody enjoying it up for whatever reason, but those would be the reasons that I would guess yeah. people people really like it about. And I don't think that my criticism invalidates that. Okay, all no, I, I completely agree with that. Hey, but oh, let me let me ask you this from a humor standpoint, and then we'll take some more calls. If yeah. I were to tell you that I think this is a funnier movie, that it hits its mark more on its humor than Seven did, where, where's your head on that? Droid, please. The droid's pretty good. No. The droid's pretty good. That's the line from episode seven that's funnier than any line in, in, in Rogue One. I don't think so. I think the, I think the humor in There's no funny the, moments in this. It's literally Alan Tudyk just in a voice. You know, it's like, oh, Groot was popular. Let's get Alan Tudyk to just like run his uh, paranoid android line. No, listen, I, I have always never, I have never really found 3PO and R2's uh, little side comedy show funny at all. Like it's never worked for me and especially in the prequels, but even in the originals, they just didn't work for me. Um, where they worked for me, it was like, well, that's a weird looking droid. How's, what a strange robot. That's strange. Like, I like that, but I didn't like the humor. I didn't like Seven's humor because it was all really on the nose and very all audiences. This felt slightly more, um, I don't know how to how to put this. Oh, it, no, no, I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, no, certainly it has a, a more adult, uh, an almost cynical kind of sense of humor. I think that, that uh, number one, it is only Levity Bot that gives us levity in this movie. There's no, there's not really a whole lot of other characters like 
the there's not a lot of wise cracks from this band of misfits that's going on this uh, side quest except for levity bot and levity bot brings levity and yes it is a more sardonic kind of humor than we are used to getting so yeah no i'll totally give you that yeah it's that and it's also well i don't know i caught myself laughing out loud admittedly usually the levity bot but i laughed out loud in the theater and i never did once i don't think i think i grinned really hard when bb8 did the thumbs up scene but i don't think i really ever had a moment of like actual audible laughter from me in this in seven and again it's just me but for whatever reason, this one landed a little harder that way. All right, let's take a couple more calls. We got one here from who? Who's this? This is Robert. <clears throat> He's, hey, Robert. You were, you were online so uh, long that you had to clear your throat when you finally got to talk to us. Thanks for being so patient. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot. Yeah, Robert from Orlando. Nice to, nice to speak to you all. And I just have to say, Scott, you're completely wrong about the humor. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay, so give me why. Give me a why. I, like all this, I mean, like you, you kind of, Justin kind of talked about it. This movie was just more of just this matter of fact humor, and the funniest person or the funniest being in this entire thing was someone who was just being an a hole the entire time. So yeah, the blind I mean, guy. This blind really guy was kind of funny. Going. The blind guy was pretty funny. He had his yeah, moments. I mean, listen, Vader's pretty funny when he makes that <laughs> pun, though, right? Remember. <laughs> Remember when he says, don't choke on your aspirations and yeah. it's aspirations like his dreams and his breathing and his breathing, you know, aspirate. I get it. Uh, all right? that. it I, right? that I listen, listen, that stuff didn't really strike me as that funny either. I just mean, overall, I found the humor. Okay. Let's see if this next caller also wants to hump your leg. Here we go. Ready? Here it comes. <laughs> oh no, you only have all of humanity and the chat room on your side. God forbid somebody calls in and defends me. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Hi, who's this? This is Mike Gaines. Oh my gosh. Star man himself. What's going on, man? Yes. What's going on? What's going hey, on? no, hold on. Before you say anything, I know already that from your Twitter explosion after the movie, you're a, you were a big fan. You enjoyed this. I think yeah, you can say that. Yeah. So so lay it on <laughs> us. What's your what's your hot take and why is Justin wrong? Um <laughs> well, I guess because I was 9 when Star Wars came out and I saw it opening weekend in 77 for me it's been a big deal, like just as big as Star Trek. Right. And I I just felt that this movie gave a little bit of gravity to the to the saga as a whole, sort of like what Empire did for Star Wars. Interesting. So um, this was like the uh, the darker chapter. In, in this case, it's weird because it's sort of in between and not connected, but provides that like yeah. dark metal bit. Sure. Yeah, like uh, it's it's a better movie than Six. It's not a better movie than Empire, and I would sort of put it on par with Star Wars. But see, was I, you know people always argue which is better, Star Wars or Empire. You sort of had to be there in 77 to sort of understand. And I'm not trying to say that it was like, you know, an elitist or anything like that. It's, it's very difficult to explain in words what it was like to to see that opening shot in 77 right. for the first time. And I feel that this really gives, like, we watched, we watched Star Wars um, last night. And the whole movie just seems so radically different. And here's a movie that we've been watching for 40 years, and now you've got a different spin on it. The movie, the Rogue One's got to do something special to do that. Because it could have just been like a bunch of Muppets running around going, Uta, Buta, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know if Lucas was running it. Yeah. But, but instead, we, we got some real characters and real things happened to them, and, and it, it's just set it up for the rest of the trilogy. I thought it was great. Okay. So it's interesting take. Uh, Justin, any uh, rebuttal? I'm going to say something that's going to sound hot takey. All right. But I mean it sincerely. <laughs> the third act of Return of the Jedi is a better war movie than all of Rogue One. Oh, my gosh. Let me think about that for a second. All right. So we got we got to get to that Death Star. <laughs> that thing. That's the whole scene. He's got the uh, we got we got Lando in the in the uh, Falcon. Uh, we, we got Lando and the Falcon. We got uh, Han and Leia ground, with the Ewoks. Ground Han war with the Thor Ewoks, right? Right. Trying to blow up the the thing, which oh my god, wow! That that really makes that one part in Rogue One where they have to get to a place on a planet to blow up a thing so people in the sky can do something. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that happened in Episode Seven too. Yeah, I'm really glad that we got this really original part of Rogue One. Uh, 
Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I think is important at this stage. I think that this movie doesn't need to be better than any of those. Oh, um, no, you're right. You're right. I, I think I think that there is a pointless element, uh, you know, to to ranking it. And I say that like uh, like understanding that there is an element, obviously, of 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 this particular episode of Hotline Monday in which we're kind of outsizing our <laughs> our opinions because everybody is so keyed up about this, right? Right. right. Uh, but I, I do find it very reductive to just be like, you know, when when everyone's like, I don't know, I thought Thor 2 was better than Iron Man 3, like, and that's why it's like that, that I, I don't really get what we get out of that. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of critical weight that can come out of us thinking about, like, whether or not the... the the the, the the Mjolnir joke in Thor two uh, is better than Whiplash in in uh, Iron Man two. Right. So it's like I I don't really have any interest in in ranking them except to say that I did not enjoy this as much as as uh, you know any of uh, you know four through seven and I liked it better. Than one through three. Right. So look at that. Yeah. I, I'm not even saying it's the worst Star Wars movie. Right. No, no, you're not. I, I, okay. So if I'm, I mean, everyone always likes to rank them. If I'm going to say, if you sit me down and say, Scott, you can only watch one more Star Wars movie before you die and then you're done, you're out. Which one are you going to uh, do? It's not this one. It's probably one more Star Wars movie. It's probably, no, if, if, if any of the existing Star Wars movies, it's the last Star Wars movie I can see and then I'm going to die. So I need oh, to pick Empire. which one. I'm picking Empire. Well, but, you know, I might pick Jedi, but but Jedi means something a little bit more to me because it was the first one that I watched when I was a kid. And yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So so I am I am not I am not this this cold craggy heart is not immune. Yeah, from yeah. My yeah. Own, I uh, mean, nostalgia. Jedi was mine my pick too when I was younger, and I've grown I grew into Jedi or I grew into Empire in a way that now. Well, uh, Empire. I mean, the more you learn about like movies, the more you see movies and you see what like films with a capital F italicized like are. Uh, the more you realize that like Empire is just kind of this this work of art. Yeah, it's like, a it's a movie. It's a movie, movie ass movie like, by movie yeah, makers. It is, it is a meaty Yeah, it's a hell of a thing. Um yeah. all right. Well now that we're done ranking that, let's find out who this is. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey guys, it's voice cracking guy again. Hey voice cracking guy, what's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say mainly that um I agree with both of y'all that I think that the movie was flimsy and it's parts but ultimately i'm satisfied with the story they gave me for why we get to episode four mm. and i think you know i guess the what i have to say about it is that i can forgive it i can forgive for the weird stuff that came with it and yeah i agree justin the lack of characters and I don't know, that's just my take on it. Okay, so so a little of column A and column B, and I think that's a fair. I mean, I think there's probably plenty of people. Who, and, and, and you want to know what? what? I think that's that is illustrative of what I think a lot of people are saying in the chat room, which which I think is is you, you cannot separate that part of the part of the rage for which I feel is 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 missed expectation, right? In my mind, right? Is that. I thought that this was going to be a, a, a different, and I would argue better, film than it was. But that's part of why I didn't just walk out of the theater and say like, ah, okay. I mean, I guess the third act was good. Because yeah. there's plenty of movies that I've seen that I don't have any connection to that have been kind of poop through two <laughs> acts. And then like it's great in the third act. And I'm like, yeah, man, no, go see it. The third act's pretty good. Yeah, but, but this is Star Wars, so it's different, but right? this is like, this is... Star Wars. This is we can. I mean, like, like think of the opportunity that these movies, these Star Wars stories have. You can go to any director on the planet, right? Yeah. Like, like this is something that you could go to Quentin Tarantino and say, "Hey, what story would you like to tell in the Star Wars universe?" And he could just be like, "Like, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, like a Mara Jade, right? You know, like, and she's out there, and she's like, pew, pew, and like, and she's like falling in love with Luke Skywalker, like, and you're like, yeah, whatever, fine. Here's a hundred million dollars. Go make your Mara Jade movie." Will he have? Uh, he'll have a lot of naked feet in it. Was that? Will that be the of course, deal? Of course, it'd be all. It'd okay. be. Hey, remember in that in in Rogue One? I think we've all seen this, where like you're watching Empire and you're like, God, this movie would be so much better if there was 
a psychic hentai uh, tub with uh, with with a bunch of tentacles that could tell whether or not you were telling the truth or not. Yeah, that would be a. Real... Y'all remember that's like the number one criticism of Empire <laughs> is no psychic hentai squid. <laughs> well, thankfully, well, I don't. I say this maybe one day this will happen, but maybe Tarantino would do one one day. Do you think he'd ever do one? He's he's about out, right? He's like, I got one more and I'm out sort of attitude right now he'll never do a star wars movie but i do think that there are people there are plenty of people that are influenced by him that like there's there's absolutely just an out and out heist film which i think maybe that'll be um maybe that'll be han solo the han solo one yeah yeah um that that excites me greatly you know and and this is done this is dulled almost none of my uh uh, excitement for the future of the franchise I, i just i just found this movie to be a lot more uh, disappointing than I thought it was going When it comes out and on, it's on Blu-ray and DVD and stuff, can we just commit to, as, as a side note to one of these episodes, we'll watch it again and we'll come back together at this meeting stone and we will just either reiterate our existing feelings already still stay. Or Wait, is it, is it, is it going to be out by, um, be is out, this going to be out by Nertacular? It'd be out by Blu-ray? July or June, yeah. Probably, wouldn't it? We should, we should do. Uh, maybe I'll come into town early, and we'll do a commentary track. <laughs> Whatever. I still, I'm this since we're this is our big last draw at Snowbird. I wonder if there's a way to finally do a viewing there. I got to talk to somebody. That'd be amazing because then we could do a live commentary like there. We could do a live where we could just talk over it or like stop the yeah, movie. Just, that like, would be kind of amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. All right, gonna take one more call and then we're gonna get out of here. Hi, who's this? Hello, this is uh, Everin. Hi, Scott. Hi, Hello. Terry. Hi, it's good to have what's you on, up? man. What's up? What's on your mind? Uh, well, uh, the uh, the movie was a fun movie, uh, but I don't believe that it was anywhere near my favorite. Uh, in fact, it's it's close to the bottom. It's probably within like the last two, uh, as far as my favorite Star Wars movies. Mm. Um, there's there's three things that I wanted to say real quick, and then I'll just hang up the call and let you guys talk. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. All right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, CGI Leia at the end. Yeah. Anybody feel like it looked like CGI Jeff Bridges from Tron? <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, it was. Also, it was like it was like a also, chubby cheeked. Yeah. Like, like if if uh, if it were if like CGI Jeff Bridges was like on that Monster Factory show, but they were like, oh, that will make her. We'll make him Leia. All right, fair oh, enough. Man. I'll give you that one. There was Uncanny Valley for sure. If whatever reason it worked for me, I don't know why. I don't have a good explanation. I was okay I, with that and Tarkin, but yes, you're right. I, I will say Tarkin, this. Watching Tarkin's the movie, a little bit yeah, better. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the TIE fighter uh, that showed up behind Jin, uh, I found out uh, over the weekend that that shot was a test CGI shot. It was It was test footage. It was never even supposed to be in the main movie, oh. uh, I found that out. There was a, a guy on a podcast that talks to maybe David Acord with Skywalker Sound at the red carpet event last week. Uh, he said that that was never even intended in, in any version of the movie before reshoots, after reshoots, anything. It was just there as a piece of test footage. Uh, and yet, they put it in the trailer. Yeah. Well, they it looked it cool. The trailer. It looked really neat. So I don't blame him, yeah, I guess, but it does throw you yeah, a little, yeah. right? Like, it's like, well, that seems like a very important little moment. And then it doesn't exist in the, in the canon of the film. Yeah. You, you make good points. Here's the, here's what I wanted to say uh, in closing about this, about the, the Tarkin and Leia thing. Uh, so I had a really f- interesting experience in my movie going experience. Everybody that I saw it with who knew that Peter Cushing was dead or knew who he was at all didn't know he was CGI. The people who knew he was CGI but thought maybe Leia had come back and they had done some sort of Michael, what's his name, in uh, Ant-Man deal. Yeah. Younged him up with some fancy tech or whatever. They all thought that was Princess Leia with just some touch-up. And that was interesting to me because everyone who knew Tarkin and knew Tarkin was dead or the actor who played him is dead all were like, whoa, Uncanny Valley, cartoon face, uh, Tarkin, ooh, weird. And the people who didn't, including my oldest daughter, was like, what's wrong with him? He looked, He's just an old guy. And I'm like, no, 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 he's dead. That guy doesn't exist. And then she was like, oh, all right. And so I, I'm not saying that's going to be 100% across the board. 
I did think it was kind of interesting. And I, who of course, you know, I think I have an eye for both of these two issues, was immediately like, oh, yeah, these are CGI and it's kind of weird, but I kind of like it. I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not I, going I, full. I'm not going full Jeff Bridges CGI on this one. I think this wasn't as bad as that. No, I, I, but I think that the, the tech's gotten a little better, and uh, I was blown away by the Michael Douglas one in Ant Man. I thought, I thought that looked great. Yeah, that was like, incredible. I mean, that was really. And neat. obviously, it's like you know, he shows up old in like five seconds after you see him young, and you know that we're that we're not in that world, right? But, right. Uh, but no, that, that was I really impressive. Was that one they did it with Robert Downey Jr. in the uh, the Civil War movie as well. Same technique. Yeah. Um, it's apparently a very expensive very long taking sort of technique that isn't just simply computers there's a lot more to it a lot of manual labor in making that work um so they opted not to do it here i guess because that's a pain and also you don't have grand moff tarkin as a model you need the actual person that you're basing this on apparently is the way it works oh yeah and maybe carrie fisher's just you know she's she's four pounds of coke too far to the left or something i don't know <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I it didn't bother me. It's like the Uncanny Valley thing; just it was fine. Well, yeah, I mean the other thing, in uh, you know, Third Illusion says the young Robert Downey Jr. was not great in Civil War, but well, I would agree. But also, like they they kind of tried Marvel in their movies have tried to mitigate that it doesn't look perfect by giving little outs, like either having everybody else in the in the scene be young actors in old makeup, yep. like, and this guy is also a CGI version of it, or. In, in Civil War, it was supposed to be a a computer regeneration of an old memory, right, right? Right. So it's like, yeah, he looks like a computer because it's a computer thing. So it's like they made an effort, but I, I agree. I don't think it looked like no, I didn't look at the at the screen and be like, what? Where do they find this old footage of Robert Downey Jr. in high definition? No, I've seen everything. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think the Michael Douglas thing was perhaps the most impressive for whatever reason. That they, was that was super cool, but yeah. also it was it was trying to make a seventy year old guy look fifty, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the quite. It's not the same leap as saying uh, Robert Downey Jr. needs to look like he's sixteen and in you know he, he's in uh, weird science again or whatever. And also, it's like even if you took Star Wars and made Star Wars HD, like the '77 Star Wars, like it, they would look weird, yeah, right? Like yeah. just because we're so used to seeing those characters like behind a film grain, you know, uh, with, with, with the you know like grains the size of rice, you know, <laughs> flying in front of our face the entire time. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. And obviously, there will be plenty of feedback. Uh, in the wake of this episode, feel free to send us those. That's totally fine. We're happy to. JustinRobertYoung at gmail.com. <laughs> Hit me with your hot takes. I want to hear them. Justin R. Young on Twitter, of course. Scott Johnson on Twitter. And tell us all about your stuff. Justin, we should probably leave with a little bit of uh, pimpage. Uh, you got anything yeah. going on this week? Well, hey, how about this? If you are literally watching, we got a hell of an audience right now on, on Twitch. Uh, if you don't hate my guts, this probably wasn't the best way for me to introduce <laughs> myself to the Twitch Frog Pants audience. <laughs> But why don't you go ahead and hit me up on my Twitch channel. Follow me, uh, uh, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. Uh, we got a bunch of really cool stuff coming up, but I, I stream uh, mostly five days a week uh, in the mornings Pacific. So do that. And also, hey, uh, contender stuff, two contender things. Number one, if you want to get anything contender, yeah. You should order now. Tomorrow's the last day to order standard mail. The day after that is the last day to order uh, priority mail if you want Christmas stuff. And on thecontender.us now, we have a pre-buy for all of our mini expansions for next year, for 2017. We're going to do five of them. Uh, so four of them have yet to be announced, but we have announced the first one will be the Hamilton expansion. All quotes uh, coming from the uh, uh the real people that inspired the musical nice uh so so go ahead and, and check it out it's 40 bucks meaning that you get five of them for uh for for uh 40 bucks and you get free shipping on all of them because you're not paying any shipping and handling on it in the pre-buy so so go ahead and check it out uh the 2017 mini expansion pre-buy nice go check that out in the meantime don't forget oh there's that music again let me turn it down while i talk uh, don't forget, you can check us out at Hotline Monday's website. You can find that at frogpants.com slash hotline monday. Uh, while you're there, you can uh, write down this phone number and keep it handy because when you're out on the road and you're hearing the show, 
you're going to want to call in 801-895-4724. Huge thanks to all our callers today. Hotline Monday at gmail.com is our email address. And don't forget those Twitter accounts, Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson. And check back if you want to see live shows all the time from me as well. Uh, we're big time on Twitch now. Everybody's flying toward Twitch. Uh, as Justin says, the, we go toward the heat. And right now we're toward the heat in real life. IRL, everybody. Uh, you can find me at Scott, or excuse me, frogpants.com slash Twitch or twitch.tv slash frogpants. Either one gets you to the same place. Don't be confused. It'll all make sense. Uh, I think that's going to do it for me, for Justin, and for everybody else. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Justin. See ya. Bye. Bye. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>